Om Shri Sai Ram, offering most humble pranams at the divine lotus feet of our ever-present Lord. Invoking Bhagwan's benediction for today's session, dear listeners, a very loving Sai Ram to all of you. Om Sahana Vavatu, Sahanao Bhunaktu, Sahaviryam Karavavahai, once a person was invited for a party. Let's call this person as the storyteller who is now telling his experiences in the party. And when he goes to the party, he sees the people who are there and he can easily make out the who is who in the town is there in the party. There are big politicians, industrialists, the rich men of the town and also not so rich and there are common and ordinary people also. And there is lot of food to eat in the party and lot of drinks also. And there is music and dance and some people are singing away and dancing away to glory. And some people have formed groups and they are absorbed in discussions. And yet there are some people who seem to be bored with the party. And he also finds some people who are feeling lonesome even in the midst of such fun and frolic and he can even make out that some people are not very comfortable at all in the party. And thus the party is going on and there are several people leaving the party and it is late night yet some new people are arriving for the party. And the storyteller uh, thinks, before I leave this party, I want to meet the person who is behind this party. I want to meet the host he who has thrown such a big party where various people are having several types of experiences. And not only that, why am I here? Why am I invited to this party? What is the purpose of me being here? And I want to ask the host this question. And this is what the thought process of the storyteller is. As we can clearly make out here, the storyteller is not so much interested in the party itself. He has seen enough of it and he knows it's a mixed bag of experiences in the party for different kinds of people and he is more interested in the person who is behind this party, who is responsible for the party which is giving mixed experiences to various people and the party also seems to go on and on and on and it looks like a never-ending party. See, when we are like this storyteller, when we ask ourselves the question, why are we in this phenomenal world, the ever-changing world where 
we all have so many experiences some pleasant some not pleasant and some sorrowful and who is the one who is behind this world at all and why are we here what is the purpose of our being here when we ask these questions just like the storyteller in this story it is then the seeker or the sadhaka in us is born when we say i am no more interested in the magic show i want to meet the magician who is responsible for this wonderful magic show and i am no more interested in this puppet show but i am more interested in the puppeteer who is pulling the strings it is then the sadhaka in us is born and the goal that this sadhaka has to realize is known as the sadhya and the means to this sadhya that the sadhaka has to undertake is known as sadhana and the text we have selected for our study next in this series of talks on vedanta parichaya is titled sadhana panchakam at another composition of shri shankaracharya Sadhana Panchakam is a short text which consists of five verses as the name itself indicates panchaka means a set of five the legend goes that when shri shankaracharya had reached the end of his life span at the age of 32 years when he discloses this fact to his disciples that he would be leaving the body soon and naturally the disciples pray to the master that they are not yet done with the teaching of the master then shri shankaracharya seems to have said to his disciples that from now on these disciples have to depend upon themselves to reach the goal of human life and on request and prayer of these disciples shri shankaracharya has composed this text sadhana panchakam which explains the means or the sadhana that not just these disciples but the entire humanity has to undertake to realize the goal of human life so it is the last composition of shri shankaracharya and we can say that it is his parting gift to humanity sadhana panchakam is also known as sopana panchakam sopana means a staircase or a step ladder just as we have to climb up the steps of a temple to enter inside and reach the garbhagriha or the sanctum sanctorum where the lord is established the same way when we consider our body as the temple and if we have to visit the sanctum sanctorum the cave of our heart where the divinity atman or brahman is already there we need to climb up the steps and these steps are the instructions that are given by shri shankaracharya in sadhana panchakam and that is why it is also known as the sopana panchakam it is also called as sopana arohana nyaya which means logical climbing ladder in sadhana 
as there are steps, the progressive steps to realize the divinity within in this sadhana panchakam. Sadhana panchakam is also called as Upadesha Pancharatnam, the five precious gems of advice. It is an Upadesha, it is an instruction or advice by the author and it is not Adesha or commandment. The author doesn't say you have to do this to realize the goal. He says it is good if you undertake these steps to reach the goal and that is why it is known as the Upadesha Pancharatnam as it consists of these five great or five precious verses for a sadhaka to realize the goal of human life and we can also make out when we study the sadhana panchakam that it is the path that is trodden by many seers and sages and great mahatmas who have realized the self. There is a very beautiful verse in the 15th chapter, the Purushottama Yoga of Bhagavad Gita, which summarizes this entire sadhana panchakam and the verse goes like this. Nirmana moha jitasanga dosha adhyatma nitya vinirvritta kamaha dvandvair vimukta sukadukha sangyai gachanti Amudhaha Padamavyayam Tat. Nirmana Moha means one who is free from pride and delusion. Pride, Abhimana, Moha, delusion. This is very important for a sadhaka because pride and delusion indicate a false exaggerated estimate of oneself and also of others. In pride, we seek a lot of self-importance for ourselves and it becomes a matter of stress and anxiety in order to cope up with the false image that we ourselves have projected about ourselves. And delusion is the error in judgment of beings, things, situations in the world outside and because of this delusion or moha, we live in a false world of our own imagination. So, it is very important for us to be nirmana moha, to be free of pride and delusion. Jitasanga dosha means one who has conquered the sanga dosha, the evil of attachment. When we get attached to the objects of this phenomenal, ever-changing world, then it is clearly a precious life wasted for us, a life that has been given to us for realizing the noble purpose for which it is given. So, as we already saw, this word Jita Sangha, Asanga or Non-attachment is used as many as 83 times in the Bhagavad Gita emphasizing the importance of non-attachment for a sadhaka. Adhyatma Nitya Adhyatma Nitya means ever dwelling in the self. Detachment from the world 
of objects is never possible until the mind is given something higher to contemplate upon so giving the mind the higher thought or the thought of a higher goal or purpose in life or simply the name of god and this helps the mind to contemplate upon the divinity within and this is known as adhyatmanitya to dwell in the realm of the spirit constantly vinirvritta kamaha means in whom the desires are completely at rest the desires have retired as we all know desire is the function of the intellect when the intellect desires the mind starts contemplating upon the desired object and it becomes a sustained thought which soon gets translated into action therefore in a sadhaka the intellect must be disciplined not to desire the finite joys of the ephemeral sense objects and these desires have to be put to rest and this is known as nirvishaya manaha a mind which is devoid of the desires for sense objects which is very essential for a seeker dvandvair vimuktaha means one who is free from the pair of opposites the dvandvas sukha dukkha sangnai the pair of opposites like pleasure and pain and this is nothing but developing equanimity and bhagwan gives a very simple recipe for developing equanimity when he says recognize the divine hand behind every situation then you will not exult or grieve over any situation and the lord says in the last line of this verse amudhaha gachanti padam avyayam tat the undeluded one alone reach the goal eternal and this is the summary of sadhana panchakam also and as we go through sadhana panchakam we can appreciate the beauty and the greatness of this particular verse verse number 5 from the 15th chapter purushottama yoga of the bhagavad gita now with this brief introduction to sadhana panchakam by the grace of bhagwan and with prayers to bhagwan we shall begin the study of sadhana panchakam and first we shall listen to the first verse of this text vedo nityam adhiyatam taduditam karmasvanushtiyatam teneshasya vidhiyatam apachiti काम्ये मतिस्त्यजताऊपरीधूयतासुके दोषोनुसंधीयता आत्मे चाव्यवसीयता निजगृहा विनिर्गम्यता दिस फर्स्ट वर्स कंसिस ऑफ एट इंस्ट्रक्शंस and likewise in rest of the four verses also there are eight instructions each 
which means there are 40 steps of sadhana that are explained in this sadhana panchakam so the first instruction is vedo nityam adhiyatam study the vedas daily so when we hear this first instruction itself we may say oh this is not my cup of tea study the vedas every day and where do i start and what do i study and what is meant by this first instruction also that is the question that we all ask ourselves so let us try to understand the meaning the inner meaning and the significance of this first instruction vedo nityam adhiyatam so let's see first the meaning of the word veda when it is said study the vedas every day veda the word is from the root vid which means to know and veda also vidyate anena which means that by which we know so what does it mean as bhagwan very beautifully puts it in leela kaivalya vahini a very short and beautiful text of bhagwan on the vedas and swami says veda is the name for a mass of divine knowledge veda teaches the truth that cannot be revised or reversed by the passage of time through the three stages past present and future the veda ensures welfare and happiness for the three worlds and it confers peace and security on human society so the veda swami says is the collation of words that are truth which were visualized by sages who had attained the capacity to receive them into their enlightened awareness so in reality the word is the breath of god the supreme person and this is the uniqueness of the veda so the vedas are not a text which are written by certain person they are known as apavrusheya which means there is no authorship to these vedas and this is the mass of knowledge whatever is there for us to know that is all explained in the vedas these vedas are anadi they are beginningless we do not know when it was given to humanity and they are also infinite and endless known as ananta and this vedic knowledge as bhagwan explains in leela kaivalya vahini is an intuitive knowledge it is a realization of the sages and seers from within when they did intense tapas and intense prayers in the quest of knowledge of the self that is what the vedas stand for and that is why our sanatana dharma is not just a religion our sanatana dharma is a way of life itself these vedas are passed on from generation to generation through guru parampara and the disciples learn this vedas by listening to the guru and that is why they are also known as shruti the two main themes of the vedas are dharma and brahma 
Dharma gives us the knowledge as to how we can live in this world and Brahma is the knowledge that takes us beyond the world. And that is why Bhagwan says, The Veda is concerned with both the material and the spiritual, both this world and the beyond. So we get both transactional knowledge and transcendental knowledge from the Vedas. As we all know, it was Veda Vyasa, the son of sage Parashara, who codified the Vedas and who classified the Vedas into four categories. And these are the Rig Veda, the Ejur Veda, the Sama Veda and the Atharva Veda. And this classification is mainly depending upon the subject matter that is dealt in these particular Vedas. For instance, the Rig Veda deals with the nature of the cosmos itself. And in Ajur Veda, there are the sacrifices and rituals which are deliberated upon. And the Sama Veda deals with music and it is the science of medicine and naturopathy that is the main subject matter of Atharva Veda. See, when we say that these Vedas have to be studied daily, what do we study is the question. So, we shall look at the types of knowledge that is available through this Veda to humanity. As the Mundakopanishad says, there are two types of Vidya, Paravidya and Aparavidya. Paravidya is the transcendental knowledge, it is the intuitive self-knowledge, whereas Aparavidya is about the knowledge of the world. While Paravidya takes one to the goal of human life, that is Jivita Paramavadhi, Aparavidya gives us a means to account our living in the world and this is called Jivana Upadhi. The only source of Paravidya is the Vedanta or the Upanishads. And Aparavidya is again divided into two main broad categories which are the secular knowledge and the spiritual knowledge. Under the secular knowledge, we have the objective sciences which give us the knowledge of the world, the empirical knowledge like physics, chemistry, mathematics and so on. While under the spiritual category of Aparavidya, we have many, many sources like the Shrutis which are the Vedas themselves and each Veda is divided into three parts the Karma Kanda, the Upasana Kanda and Jnana Kanda. Under the Karma Kanda, we have Mantra and Brahmanas part of the Veda. And these mainly deal with rituals for desire fulfillment and also the achievement of worldly goals mainly. And the second part, the Upasana Kanda consists of the Aranyaka part of the Vedas. And this part of the Vedas is mainly aimed at making the mind single-pointed and it is important for a sadhaka to turn the mind inwards and the study of Aranyakas helps in this 
purpose. So there are dhyana and upasanas for chitta shuddhi and chitta ekagrata described in the Aranyakas. The third part, the Jnana Kanda, is nothing but the Upanishads, also known as the Vedanta. Vedanta Nama Upanishad Pramana. It is uh, the knowledge of the Upanishads, that is what is known as Vedanta. As we have studied earlier also, Vedanta just doesn't mean Vedasya Anta, the end portion of the Vedas. It is the highest knowledge that is contained in the Upanishads, it is the Siddhanta of the Vedas, which means the cutting edge of the knowledge that is contained in the Vedas. And as we know, this Upanishads or Vedanta alone is the source of Paravidya or transcendental knowledge for humanity. And under the Aparavidya, apart from these Shrutis, we also have the Smritis. The Smritis are the code of conduct prescribed for humanity and the Smritis change with changing times and values and there are more than 20 Smritis. And here we also have the six Vedangas. The Vedangas are the limbs of the Vedas. So these six Vedangas are Shiksha which is the science of phonetics, Kalpa which deals with smaller rituals for desire fulfillment, Vyakarana or Vedic grammar, Chandas, the science of meters, like we chant the Bhagavad Gita in the Anushtup Chandas, and there are many meters like this or the Chandas. Then there is the Jyotisha, which deals with astrology, and Nirukta, which is the Vedic glossary. These are the six Vedangas. And under Aparavidya, we also have the five Upavedas, namely the Ayurveda, which deals with health and well-being, Dhanurveda, the art of warfare, then Gandharva Veda, which deals with music and dance, Sthapatya Shastra, this deals with architecture, and Artha Shastra, which is about the economics. And there are also 18 Puranas, which are the mythical stories, and there are two great epics called the Itihasas, the Ramayana and Mahabharata. And in addition to all this, in Aparavidya, we also have the Tantra Shastra, the Agama Shastra, the Nibadha Shastra, the Darshana Shastra or the six schools of philosophy. And this is the vast voluminous body of the Aparavidya. And whatever there is to be known for one, that is all present in this Aparavidya. So, when we say study the Vedas every day, what do we study? And Bhagwan makes a very clear distinction about this instruction of Sadhana Panchakam in Leela Kaivalya Vahini when Bhagwan says, These Upanishads themselves form the Vedanta. Memorizing the Vedas is of no avail. Vedanta has to be understood and assimilated and knowledge can never reach consummation until Vedanta is mastered. So, Vedo Nityam Adhiyata means it is this Vedanta or Upanishads that has to be studied every day.
So we shall see more about this first instruction of sadhana panchakam in our next session and now I will conclude with the shanti mantra Om asatoma sadgamaya tamasoma jyotirgamaya mrityorma amritangamaya Om shanti 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 Harihi Om Tat Sat Shri Sai Shwararpanamastu I am grateful to Bhagwan and Team Radio Sai and every one of you Jai Sai Ram.